How can you achieve and maintain business growth? Harvard Business School Executive Education is now accepting applications for a new program, Driving Profitable Growth. Taking place in Boston from October 25th through the 28th, this program focuses on business expansion and organizational growth strategies that can lead your company into the future. Learn more about this three-day program for senior leaders by visiting hbs.me growth. That's hbs.me growth. Welcome back to another edition of Locked on Sadness. Wait, no, that's not the name of our podcast. It's an emergency pod. It's an, it's an emergency podcast of Locked on Bucks. I'm Frank Madden. Eric Name is with me. Uh, he has sprinted to a recording studio following the Brewers game. We did not expect a podcast tonight. I, uh, I am holed up in an Arby's bathroom in Fredonia. <laughs> uh weeping into a, a pile of roast beef sandwiches and uh, generally trying to uh, come to terms. I, if it I'm tired like of I'm crying, cr- Frank, so I'm just going to laugh. <laughs> it's, all, it's all I got <laughs> laugh left. Laugh or cry. I, that's what I always say. You know, 25 years as a Bucks fan. How do I do it? Laugh or cry? I choose laugh. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, so, uh, no, I'm actually not uh, crying in an Arby's bathroom, but, but metaphorically speaking, tonight would be a good night to be doing that. Uh, we heard this evening Shams Charania of Yahoo originally breaking the news that Chris Middleton uh, has suffered a, I guess, torn hamstring that will keep him out six months, which was kind of just like, what? Six months? What? Um, it, the news came out. Apparently it happened on Tuesday. Uh, Eric, I don't know if you saw anything at the press conference. I heard he some uh, Matt Velasquez of the Journal Sentinel said that he did have an ice pack on his leg at the press conference where he was kind of beaming and happily talking about Giannis and his extension. So um, presumably they thought maybe he you know, strained his hamstring yesterday and then, um, you know, an MRI yeah. or something um, today. I know, I know Greg Matzek and I of uh, 620 were just talking about it at the Brewers game. And both of us mentioned that we saw that kind of like he had like a little sleeve on his knee. Um but it wasn't like wrapped up. He wasn't really limping around or anything. And yeah, so I'm not really, I I guess I wasn't really sure that it happened yesterday, but yeah, if that was, if that was reported, um, yeah, it, it, there was a sleeve on his leg. I don't think any of us thought anything of it. Like we all asked each other about it a little bit. Um, but none of us really, really thought anything of it. Um, but yeah, I'm, I, you know, off the top of my head, and I haven't really researched this, and I, I think the, the worst thing about writing about sports is when there are injuries, and then you have to try to, you know, Google injuries and jump into that whole mess of trying to play, you know, uh, Twitter doctor, you know, sports, yeah, sports medicine uh, uh, via Google. Um, I mean, I was, I don't know, I don't know what your reaction was. I, I was just sort of like, what? I mean, I, I was out, um, and you had texted me uh, while I was getting groceries about, uh, guess we, you know, something about when we would should we, when we should record a podcast tonight. And I was like, oh, I didn't know we were recording a podcast tonight, but I guess I can do that. And then I jokingly tweeted or <laughs> tweeted texted back that, oh, are we doing the Xavier Henry got waived emergency podcast? And uh, I, I had no idea that you were referring to to the Middleton situation. And then someone else actually from the team just 
texted me a, a frowny face emoji and I was like, had no idea what that was in reference to because I had texted them something previously the other day and I was like, oh, this is a delayed reaction. <laughs> and so then I finally get back and I open up my, my uh, I get home and I open up my, my email and I see this, you know, all caps uh, press release from the Bucks and it's Chris Middleton suffers something and I'm like, oh, he got, got some random injury. And then, you know, you get to the sentences like, six months you know, from a hamstring injury it's like yeah and i know hamstring i know hamstring injuries can be kind of lingering and they drag out a long ways but just to be like oh you know from zero to out for six months with a hamstring injury is just sort of jarring and um i you know obviously those are those are tricky injuries and um i don't know i i, I am not a google doctor so i i can't tell you if it's conservative or or what it is but you know all you can do is um you know feel bad for chris and you just wish him the best and and hope that uh his rehab goes well and um i guess if anything maybe this is good because it happened before camp so at least you have a little bit of time to to prepare for this but i don't know eric i mean what what were you kind of thinking where were you when when the news broke i guess you were with a bunch of other media people yeah, I was on my way to Miller Park from the ESPN studios downtown, and my phone was just vibrating like crazy as I was driving there, and I'm a good person, so I don't text when I drive. Uh, so I was like, whatever, I'll see what it is when I get there. And then I got a call from my good friend at ESPN Milwaukee, Pratik Patel, and he said, so, and I was just like, what? And he was like, <laughs> oh, you don't know. Is that, do, do I have to break the news to you? And I, uh. at that point it was like, oh no, <laughs> what could this possibly, what could this possibly be? And I mean, as far as things go, uh, that's not the worst it could have been, but who it's damn close. It is damn close. Uh, as far as. As far as this team, this season, I don't know if there's a more catastrophic injury that could have occurred to hurt this team this season. Again, we can we can talk future and kind of how that might be um, in the grand scheme of things, but for this season, it's brutal. Uh, you just look at – I know you tweeted some stuff out, but even if we don't want to get into advanced stats, you look at the Bucks' leader last season in – uh, game started in minutes played in field goals attempted in three pointers attempted uh second i believe in free throws attempted um let's see what else your leader in free throw percentage one of your leaders in three point percentage your points. your leader in points your leader in steals your second in assists. all right all right like, you're it, depressing all of us okay it, hang on hang on hang on uh, let me let me say this i totally agree that when you factor in especially the guys they have behind him i think as much as we're all bullish on Giannis as kind of the you know long-term most valuable piece on this team chris middleton it, it's it's tough to say that chris middleton certainly last year was not you know, overall over the course of the season, the most valuable guy on this team, you know, you mentioned those stats, you know, uh, RPM, he's by far the most valuable guy on this team in terms of the impact uh, on the on the score of the game, which, you know, ultimately is how you win games, you know, from the on off metrics, you know, when you compare 
what they were like with him on versus off the court. A net 12.4 points per 100 Whoa. differential. The, ne- the next best guy is Giannis at 3.3. So w- whatever Chris Middleton does in his, you know, kind of quiet, unassuming ways, uh, the defense is worse and the offense is way better with him on the court. Offense, nine points per 100 better with him on the court last year. The defense was 3.6 points per 100 better with him on the court last year. So, you know, again, I mean, not the sexiest player <laughs> in the league we've discussed, but but a guy that, you know, we, we were discussing the other night as being a top five shooting guard in the NBA. And, um, you know, unfortunately, you look behind him, you've got some point guards who could play shooting guard, but certainly not at a maybe high level you've got uh some shooting guards who are maybe not even nba players specifically rashad vaughn um and that drop off is just really difficult because if there's one guy in this this team that just sort of makes every lineup better because of his shooting and his defensive versatility and his ability to make plays as a secondary ball handler uh that's chris middleton and you know again uh Giannis is phenomenal and i've you know there's nobody i'm more excited about this year than Giannis. Um, but Chris is, you know, I, I would agree that Chris is probably the most indispensable when you factor in not only what he does on the court and how kind of malleable he is and how many different lineups he can play in, but also, uh, the fact that, you know, as we were bemoaning, uh, in our positional previews, he was going to have to play most of his minutes at shooting guard just cause they don't have much in the way of, of obvious kind of quality in, in the backcourt beyond that. Um, I will say this kind of looking at it from a positive side, sort of looking at the other view. You know, and again, you never want to choose, you know, I mean, it's not like we have to choose about who gets injured. Um, You know, emotionally as a fan, I was more devastated by the Jabari injury uh, a couple of years ago. And I think I would have been just kind of fundamentally more down about the Bucks season, not from a record expectation view, but just from a development perspective, if if Giannis or Jabari had gotten hurt. And that's not because I don't don't like Chris Middleton, but at least in my head I can say, you know, Chris Middleton is is closer to his ceiling and and is closer to being an all-star, certainly than certainly than Jabari. Um and and probably overall last year Giannis as well. So at least with Chris, you know, if he can get healthy and come back, you know, he isn't a guy that is losing a year that was going to be as critical to his development as Giannis or Jabari. So we can still, you know, that's a good bargain you're doing with yourself, Frank. Try, try, yeah. Trying to look at the bright side of this a little bit. And again, it's, I mean, on the safe is it's silly to say like, Oh, we have to, you know, let's be happy. Giannis is still healthy. Knock on wood. Um, but, uh, I do think, you know, looking at it now moving forward, um, Hey, this is, this is more than ever Giannis and Jabari's team, and I'm not optimistic that they're going to carry them to the playoffs, but um, this should be a great test for them and, you know, a, 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 certainly a learning experience. I guess the one thing with Chris is that when we talked to Mike Prada from SB Nation on the Ridiculous Upside pod, he was talking about how excited he was to see the Bucks embrace their weirdness and how, how many weird lineups they could put out there and all the cool things they could do. And obviously, Giannis at point guard helps that out. But the ways that they can get weird pretty much all revolve around the fact that Chris Middleton can play a bunch of different positions, can spread the floor, can play de- play defense at a bunch of different spots, and essentially just be awesome in general and be a top 50 NBA player. Um, so it, it's just so tough to 
now think that anytime we talked about lineups, rotations, anything, Middleton was in that. There, there was no doubt about it. Any death lineup, any dream lineup, anything you wanted to see, it's a guarantee Chris Middleton was in that lineup. So that is just going to be tough to deal with no matter what. Um, the depth behind him is oh, scary. Um, it, it's just going to be a really strange spot to see this team try to, uh, I don't even, I'd adjust the wrong word because there's no, no way they could adjust to it. It'd deal with it. Deal with a huge, huge part of their roster being gone. And I, I guess, all right, let's, I'm going to have to try to get in the spin zone here. Um, the, <laughs> Join me. Join me in the spin zone. So in the spin zone here, the the thing, there's a couple things I guess you can get excited about. Um, during the off season, we've talked about it many times when we had Brett Cormanis on, we talked about it. We asked about and wondered about Jabari Parker's ability to be more of a playmaker and he's going to get thrown into the fire. There, there's really, there's really no way around him not being more of a playmaker. It, It has to happen this year. And whether or not it's good or not, he has to do it. And and that's a, a thing that I don't necessarily know if I was comfortable with. I don't know if you were comfortable with it, if we had a lot of faith that he was going to take more of a playmaking role. I think that's always been the hope, but I don't know how much faith we had in him being able to do that. He's going to do that this year. He has to do that this year. Otherwise, whew, I, I, don't, I don't know who else is going to do it. Uh, so that's one positive thing. Another positive thing. Greg Monroe is going to put up numbers. Like everyone wanted to bring his playmaking down with Chris out, he's going to be one of them. And if you don't, if you're not confident in Jabari stepping into that second, that second playmaker role, well then it's Greg. And if you don't want Greg in that role and you want Jabari in that role, well now Greg's going to take Jabari's role. And I think there's good and bad from that. Obviously, we know of the fit issues with Greg Monroe, but at the same time, we do know that he can put up some numbers. And I think uh, in the last couple of weeks, there's been more and more rumors circulating that, hey, maybe if things don't go well for a second year, Greg accepts his player option. And instead of doing free agency like we all thought with that two plus one contract, maybe he comes back for that third year and really I, that would be a, a bad thing for the bucks cap situation a bad thing for the bucks in general so there is some hope that if greg does get more of a playmaking role and one would certainly think he is as he's one of the only capable playmakers on the roster now that middleton is out you would think there are going to be numbers there and you would think that that helps the chances that he'll put up enough numbers to think that he can make money next offseason and not take on that player option third one so go ahead so well, i was gonna ask um what we can we'll get into the question of what the bucks do next um in in a second but if i put you in jason kidd's shoes and john hammond calls you up and say you know what jason we're not going to do any panic moves you know we're going to keep greg out there available but you know nobody's really biting on that so uh, go go ahead with the guys you got and figure out what you're going to do. 
Um, I mean, opening night, if no one else gets hurt, knock on all the wood in the world. Who who do you think Jason Kidd starts in the backcourt in lieu of Chris Middleton? Uh, and and would you do the same thing? Oh, that is a brutal question, Mister Madden. Um, ugh. I guess you go Delhi, MCW, Giannis, Jabari, Greg or Miles, whoever you want. Um, I guess I guess it's MCW. Yeah, I, I feel I, like I, I'm I, sick. I, mean, I don't. I'm sick yeah. saying that. But I. <laughs> I mean, I yeah, I don't. I I don't think you know. I think MCW is just fundamentally a poor fit. You know, especially with Point Giannis. Um, but uh, there's really nobody else that you look at in in the on the roster who looks like a guy who should play a good chunk of NBA rotation minutes, and. Uh, so I don't know. I mean, I, I think the compromise is you only pick one of MCW and, and, and Monroe. I mean, if they start the season with the same starting lineup as last start of the season with MCW and Monroe at the one and five, I mean, un- unless they found out something crazy, you know, something vastly different from what we saw last year in preseason and in practice, um, I think you kind of cr- scratch your head and say, man, you know, the, you know the old thing about definition of insanity trying this the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result um that would be i think pretty disappointing and and suggestive that you know the the politics of those guys in the locker room was d- dominating you know just so good different so different but, is no better than bad uh well i think at least there's at least you're trying something different you know I mean, even again, if it's bad, which it I, will almost certainly be if you don't start MCW. Well, but I'd rather get I see the thing is I'd rather get more of his minutes when Giannis is off the court. Right. And if he's playing. Give me a name, 25, Frank. Uh, I mean, honestly, maybe any of the guys, the, the random guard dudes that we've talked about battling for the four spot. You know, maybe you throw them in at, at, at the at the off guard and just see what happens. I, I agree. I think Delhi I think this for, for, for one, this completely locks up Delhi as a starter. Right. Because any any illusion that MCW might have beaten out Delhi, I think at this point doesn't make any sense because Delhi is, you know, now basically your only proven spot up shooter other than Terry in the backcourt. Oh. And he's big enough that, you know, you can at least talk yourself into the idea of him not being completely, you know, overwhelmed by by shooting guards. Mirza, uh, maybe? Is is Mirza the guy? No, that, that was not. Well, that was not the name I was thinking of. I mean, uh, part of me was wondering, you know, uh, could they, I mean, ironically, the one, the, the one position where we haven't talked about Giannis playing any minutes is shooting guard. And part of me kind of wonders, like, would they toy around with, you know, using Giannis in more of a perimeter defensive role. Um, you know, for instance, pick whichever, pick the shooting guard, small or small forward, who is the least involved in the offense, put Jabari on that guy and then put Giannis on whoever is, you know, better or something like that. Or, or even the opposite, you know, maybe you put, you use Giannis as the, you know, free safety yeah. who's able to rove off the guy who's just parking in the corner. You could that do that as well. Um, so maybe this would encourage you to go with, you know, one of these jumbo lineups and, and you know, you, you have Mirza start next to, let's say, you know, Plumley or Henson or not Monroe. Yeah. And so you, you can maybe um, 
you know, the concerns we had about Mirza defensively with with Monroe off the bench in those lineups maybe get, gets allayed a little bit. But I don't know. I mean, it, you can kind of make cases for everything because nobody that you're going to pick to plug in at shooting guard is going to be an obvious um, an obvious fit. So, uh, so, so I don't know. I, I mean, there definitely is no right. Yeah, we've we've reached the delirium phase of the podcast. Um, I'd like, yeah. as you were saying, like, well, any of those options you pick, I thought you were going to say, well, none of them are going to be good, and yeah. that well, that was really what I was waiting for you to say because, yeah, yeah. yeah it's a disaster. It, it is, right. it's an absolute disaster. I, I just, I mean, I think a lot. I don't know if a lot of people, but I think some people thought we were a bit too concerned about lineups and what you do and who comes in and how you put together a rotation before. And man, if you thought we were too worried about it then, oh man, like this is going to be, it's just, it's so brutal. It is brutal to try to put lineups together that I think make any sense and can be, I don't even know if, Positive is the right word for it. Well, if, I, if it me, can be me, even, let me just say that I, I can't believe that it's September twenty first, and I just threw out the idea of effectively playing Giannis and Jabari as your two three defensive combination. Yeah. So yep, um, it's gonna be a fun so, one. So uh, things are getting things are getting weird real quick. Yeah. Um, and by the way, we haven't talked about Rashad Vaughn, which just speaks volumes that, you know, he's basically the only true shooting guard on the roster now who's healthy. And we, we don't even really, like, think about him starting. But who knows? Who knows? Oh. Maybe Rashad Vaughn figured it out. I don't know. I'm getting really wishful when I say that. Um, but certainly uh, everything's going to be up for grabs, I think, when camp comes. So, okay, so we just discussed sort of in, if nothing happens roster-wise. Um what do you think the Bucks? I mean, we we heard uh, Woj reporting that the Bucks were inquiring about potential um, stop gaps, replacements. I don't know what you want to call it. I, replacement probably isn't the right word for Chris Middleton at this point. You're not going to replace Chris Middleton. You're just going to you know find somebody to sort of you know hopefully a, do a, like a, one of the eight skills he's really good. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, what what do you think the Bucks should be doing? How aggressively should the Bucks be looking for? another wing to to bring in and and i don't know like what if if you're in john hammond's seat right now uh are you are you burning up the phone lines across the league who are you throwing out for deals or are you kind of sitting back and saying you know what i'm not going to do anything different than what i've been doing the third point i was going to make in the spin zone uh before we went off into lineups and rotations um before we did that the third point i was going to make in the spin zone was that for all the positional breakdowns we did, there was always guys left over that we said, hmm, I wonder how that guy fits into the Bucks' future. And whether that was Tyler Ennis, whether that was Vaughn and Brogdon, whether that was, I don't even know who else, Delhi, etc. No matter what, we, we found ourselves asking, well, if a trade would happen, then maybe this guy could get some time and we could see what he's possibly worth to the Bucks in the future. And again, this isn't the ideal way about it, and it might be the least ideal way to go about it, but there's guys on this roster that are going to have to play, and you're going to find some things out about those guys. Um, so for me, 
I don't necessarily like the idea of trading anyone uh, unless it's I mean it would be the same moves that I would have liked before Middleton was injured. Like, ding 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 like, ding ding ding. Content like get rid of the logjam at center. It doesn't make any yeah, sense. Yeah. It hasn't made any sense. If you want to make a move, there it is. And the move I always loved before John Henson. That that's yeah. that's the one I mean I've always thought it made sense to one, it clears some cap space. It gives you uh, some more flexibility after the season, especially if Monroe does not opt in on that player option. And you kind of open things up. You have some flexibility, and you you can try to figure some things out. Again, not a ton of flexibility. We've been over that with all the contracts, et cetera, that they already have. But that opens it up somewhat, and it's a position of – I'm not going to say strength because we, we, we know that center isn't – strong on this team necessarily but it's a position of plenty um where, where you have three guys that are either starting caliber centers or power I, I guess good backups uh where you could make those moves and they're on not good contracts but contracts that you can move so i I think if you're going to make a trade, it's the same trade that you would have made then, and I would have thought, okay, move Henson for a wing player that can help out and hit some threes and play some defense. I think the trades should be the same that you'd be looking at. I don't think anything really changes. Like You're not going to add anyone to the trade list that you were thinking of, and I don't think you're going to take anyone off that you would have been thinking of. I think it should all be the same, like get rid of the logjam at center. Yeah, uh, and I was saying ding, ding, ding because I agreed not – not because I was trying to cut you off. Um, th- that's my take as well. I mean, what did we talk about as the Bucks' sort of biggest area of, of weakness or lack of depth before this injury? We talked about the fact that they don't have anybody who's really a 2-3 type player, a real swingman, other than Chris Middleton. Um, and, and I guess maybe you could say Rashad Vaughn, who's more of a pure 2. Uh, so that was a weakness before. They needed to get somebody, ideally, to, to fit into that role anyway. Um, so, yeah, I mean, if you could find a way to add, you know, uh, our friend Paul Henning mentioned, you know, hey, could you trade Henson for Terrence Ross? You know, I'm guessing probably not because Toronto doesn't have, I don't think, enough depth on the wing. And they, you know, just, just drafted Jakob Pertl. Um, uh, how? How did we, yeah, get, how did we get you to sneak one in there? Yeah, got to gotta work. Uh, got to work. <laughs> in there um but so i mean again it's like it's that's like the kind of deal that i think you could argue makes sense and it makes sense i think you, if you make a deal i think you want it to make sense a year from now i mean again if you're just getting a guy who's on an expiring deal and you don't give up much of anything for him okay you know that that there's an argument for that yeah uh, if, if you would but, move Monroe for like a wing okay that's yeah but that's if fine. but if but if you're moving like henson um you know, especially Henson because he has long-term salary, and you bring back a guy who also has longer-term salary. Ross and Henson's deals, I think, are pretty much exactly lined up in terms of their annual salary. Um, but Terrence Ross would play on this team even if Chris Middleton was healthy, uh, and so I think that's the kind of guy you would want to add. And he, you know, I'm not going to say he's a three and D guy. He shoots a lot of threes, though. You know, he's a pretty <laughs> credible three-point shooter. Um, Again, I'm not even going to try to say that he's a good defensive player, but you know he's not a complete, you know, bucket of trash. I think on defense, yeah. so that's that's a starting point. So I, I would agree. I think you go after moves that you would make anyway. Maybe you feel a little bit more urgency. Maybe you, you know, sacrifice a little value just because 
Um, again, I'm not so worried. I'm, I'm not worried so much about the losses. I think the Bucks, as a franchise, definitely don't want to take their lumps again this season. I think that's that's maybe where I would differ from from you know the folks who actually have to run the team and have to sell tickets and and want to maintain momentum with the franchise. Um, you know, I, I kind of have become. I've been getting more and more resigned to the fact that you know, this probably wasn't going to be a playoff season anyway. Um, and so now you're in kind of a weird spot where, you know, and we'll talk in a second about what we think this does to the Bucks expected win total. But, um, but I think, you know, you're, you should be in sort of the same spot, maybe a little bit more urgency, you know, maybe you shop a guy like Henson a bit more aggressively, uh, rather than just sort of sitting on Monroe and seeing if anybody bites on Monroe. Um, but you know, there are, it's one of those things it's tough because look, Everybody wants three and D wings, right? And nobody wants Greg Monroe types. So if there was an obvious move to be made there, we would have seen it. So it's not like, oh, hey, guys, go trade Greg Monroe for a good three-point shooter who can also play defense. Yeah, okay, that that no, it doesn't happen. Um, Why didn't we John think Hens- of this sooner? Yeah, exactly. Can John Henson get you that guy? I don't know. Um, but I'm sure those are the questions that are being asked right now. And... Uh, you know, there are a lot of guys out there who would be kind of dice rolls, who would not be certainly proven guys. Um, but, you know, I think guys who are a few years into their careers, uh, you know, like a Ben McLemore guy, like is Ben McLemore going to get the Bucks in the playoffs? No, of course not. No. You know, could Ben McLemore be a guy you could re-sign at a reasonable deal um, and he could fit in as a backup to Chris Middleton in the longer term? Yeah, he could be that. Yeah. Maybe, you know, possibly. that's possible. Um, he's athletic, you know, he's shot threes reasonably well. He's not, you know, he's not Rashad Vaughn. Um, and again, sorry, Rashad, I don't mean to bury you. You're very young still, but, um, but anyway, you know, a guy like that might be interesting. If Terrence Ross, a more proven commodity. Yeah. Okay. That would be interesting. You know, I think that that's not just a panic move. Um, you know, getting friggin' uh, Nick Young, uh, you know, one of these guys who's just like, ugh, you know, I'm going to hate watching play and nobody's going to want to play with. That would make me less happy. Um, although I could also understand why, you know, the Bucks are probably feeling a lot of pressure to add somebody who can shoot, and you know, not everybody who fits that category is going to be particularly <laughs> likable. Um, you know, Kevin Martin is still floating around as a free agent, um, but the Bucks do have 15 roster spots, and you know, Middleton. The fact that he's not being ruled out for the season means that they probably would not get a uh, disabled player exception. So. Uh, again, you'd have to open up a roster spot somehow. So I don't know. It's kind of hard. To, it's kind of tough to say. I mean, we've talked about different deals like, you know, um, just throwing, you know, spitballs here. You know, we talked about kind of a Jeremy Lamb, Spencer Hawes centered Greg Monroe deal a while ago. You know, trying to get Lamb basically to, and hoping that he becomes a more consistent shooter. He's been a good defender, at least from the, his metrics uh, in Charlotte not a, a big salary. Maybe he could be, you know, your backup wing. I don't know. Um, unfortunately, you know, again, the Pelicans always seem like the best destination for Greg Monroe, but Tyreek Evans is the guy that they would presumably most want to push out the door. And, you know, even if you wanted Evans to play now, he's not even going to be ready for camp has had three knee surgeries in the last year. Nobody knows when he's even going to be able to play. And he's obviously not kind of your typical spot up shooter type. So, it's tough, and and again, I don't, you know, uh, you, you don't want to pin any hopes on the Bucks swinging some kind of great um, move that saves the day here. I think you just got to assume that if they make a move, it's it's not going to, you know, tip the the scales in any way. But 
if a move kind of puts guys like Giannis and Jabari in a better position because you've got a, a slightly better, more proven guy uh, to play out on the wing with Chris Middleton out, I think that would be a positive. But I also don't want to pick up, you know, some cruddy locker room guy, you know, Gary Neal 2.0 or something like that. <laughs> Gary Neal is available, by the way. Um, <laughs> So, but I, I I am pretty confident that Gary Neal is not going to be in play for the Bucks. So I don't know. Anyway, um, any more thoughts on that, or should we get to our uh, super uh, exciting and positive view of of what the Bucks win total could be this year? Yeah, I would I would just kind of echo the the fact that there there doesn't need to be a panic trade. There doesn't need to be really all that much more aggressiveness. I, I just think you're looking for the pretty much the same deals that you would have been looking for whether or not this injury occurred. And again, maybe just slightly more aggressive, but not really. Like I'm not putting anyone else out there and I'm not throwing in picks to save the season. It, no, it, it, it just, not, especially this year, do not throw in a pick. Cause I mean, we haven't talked about that, but all of a sudden, you know, if, I mean, if Chris Middleton is worth 10 wins or more, I don't know. I think RPM win metrics, I think last year had him at, uh, let me double check. I had that written down somewhere. I know he's like win share. I mean, again, like all these numbers are, are, you know, you can argue they're flawed in different ways. You know, win shares, basketball reference win shares had him at like six wins. Um, RPM based win shares had him at 12 wins last year. So, I mean, if you, you know, you can argue using some of the stats out there that, uh, you know, this goes from a 40 win team. If you thought they were a 40 win team to a team that's maybe in the high twenties, I mean, who knows, right? Especially if you're playing, uh, guys who are effectively last year below replacement level, like Rashad Vaughn in his place. So, um, yeah, if the bucks <laughs> see their win total drop, even from where it was a year ago, um, uh, you really don't want to move those picks. Cause that pick be very, very valuable. And with that, uh, I think that's that's where we'll stop Locked on Sadness for tonight. Uh, you mentioned what the win shares might be and some of that. I, I guess we can try to talk about that tomorrow night, um, and we can have that for Friday where we'll try to go through and figure out over-unders for, uh, going inside the podcast. Frank and I recorded over-unders earlier this week, and we were going to actually have that run when this podcast ran and well, the bucks over under is probably going to change. It was at 39 and a half. I, I assume it's going to be less now. Uh, so let's, let's leave that for next time, Frank. And yeah, uh, I know Frank on the last one said something about smiling and enjoy yourself, Milwaukee. Well, you can do the opposite this time. Be careful. Don't listen to this thing at, at work or really we should have made a disclaimer at the front. Don't listen to this thing at work. Don't listen to this while driving. That could be dangerous. Uh, Yeah, we got to get out of here. For Frank Madden, this has been Eric Name, and this has been Locked on Sadness or Locked on Bucks or, or whatever. See you next time.